Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 21. Here's Pastor Ryan. The world is is uh, going closer and closer towards the end time when the Lord comes back for us. So there's a lot to be uh, reminded of and, and to focus on. So we are in First Chronicles chapter 21. Amen. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you tonight again for your goodness in our life. There is no one like you, Lord. You have done so many wonderful things in our lives. You're the one true God of Abraham who made the heavens and the earth. You gave us your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And Lord, you raised him on the third day and he's at your right hand interceding for us even now as we gather. It's in Jesus' name we ask, Father, speak to us by your spirit. Oh Lord, guide us into your truths. Uh, meet us where we're at, Lord. Comfort those that are hurting. Uh, strengthen those that are weary. Give us answers, Lord, for those of us that are needing answers tonight. Just speak to us in a very special way. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Alright, so First Chronicles chapter 21. Um, as you know, uh, the chronicle chronicler is... Uh, has recorded for us the history of King David's life and it's mostly the good things because it's really just a, a record of that Davidic line they call it it's the bloodline that will eventually lead to the Messiah Jesus Christ so when we study the this book it's that's what we're seeing it's a story of King David because Jesus will come from that lineage and Christmas is coming and so it's a perfect time to be reminded that this is where our Lord came from he it, it's it's his uh, lineage and so we see that emphasis emphasis by the writer here but we see the grace of God upon his life upon uh, David because he was a man after God's own heart and so we see him being taken from small beginnings to just slowly but surely the Lord raising him up to be king of his people. And the cool thing about King David is that he's human, that we know that though he was a great man of God, he also sinned greatly. Amen? He sinned greatly, but the Lord would restore him because David was a man who you know, found his way back to the mercy and the graces of God, which is a wonderful reminder to all of us that we can always turn back from whatever state we're in to the Lord, and he's open to receive us and to restore us. In our story, we'll begin in verse uh, 1. It says, Now Satan stood up against Israel, and moved David to number Israel. So David said to Joab and to the leaders of the people, Go number Israel from Beersheba to Dan, and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. 
And so here in the first verse, we have a very, um, just interesting verse, to say the least. It's fascinating, right? It's not often that you start a chapter with it saying, now Satan stood up against Israel. That's a big one. That's something that you don't read often. And so what you have here is um, one way that the Bible puts it, but in Second uh, uh, Samuel chapter 24, uh, verse 1, it's, it says something different. It's not a contradiction, but it's different. Here it says that Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. In 2 Samuel, it reads, uh, Again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, Go number Israel and Judah. So in 2 Samuel, it says that the Lord was angry at Israel, and so he moved David's heart to number um, the people, to have a census. And here we read that it's Satan. And so it's not a contradiction. What it is, is just more of an insight to the whole story. And so for whatever reason, the Lord was upset with Israel. Israel, you know, for those of us who have been studying, or for, you know, if you read your Bible for any uh, length of time, you know that Israel had gave God many reasons to make him upset. So um, we don't know why we're not told, but we're told that's the reason why David uh, was moved to number the people. And this is one of the great, one of the great mysteries uh, in the Bible or in the Christian faith, the relationship between uh, God and Satan and their relationship towards one another, and also Satan's relationship towards the believer and to this world. I mean, isn't that a fascinating subject? I mean, you know, some of us have not walked with the Lord for too long, and you may not be aware of how that relationship works. Like, how, what part does Satan play in my life as far as temptation? We know the basics that he's evil, that he's an enemy of God, but how does he play a part in the Christian um, walk? And so the Bible tells us about Satan, tells us in Isaiah 14 that he is Lucifer, that angel that fell from grace, that he was a beautiful angel, that he was really a worshiper of God, but then he fell. He turned from the Lord because of his pride. And so, um, yeah, there's a, it's an interesting um, relationship. When I read the book, uh, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis, if you haven't re uh, read that, read it. It's a really good book. But he talks about that the Christian faith is really a civil war, that one of our own turned against God and uh, became an enemy. And that's the story of Lucifer and Satan, that he, rather than honoring God, he thought he was um, so beautiful and so great that he wanted to elevate himself above God. And he ended up being casted down uh, by the Lord, and he took uh, a third of the angels with him. So that's the story of Satan. But his purposes, we, can, we, we learn from Scripture what they're about. God's purposes, as we know, are always pure. They're always good. They're always holy. But then at the same time, he allows Satan uh, to do certain actions um, that eventually um, turn out for our good.
So, um, give me a second to drink this. I, uh, <laughs> I mentioned the puppy because I got two hours of sleep last night, so <sighs> it's like a baby, right? So, Clarissa said, get a strong coffee, and I did, so. But anyhow, God's purposes are always pure, and they're good. But how does Satan, you know, really play a part in it? God did not incite David to do evil. He did not. The Bible tells us in James 1.13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. And so God cannot tempt, does not tempt, and we're told that in Scripture. Um, and so Satan's work, we know, is destructive. God's work is always for the good. But though Satan's work is destruct destructive, God sometimes permits his actions so that ultimately it accomplishes his own purposes. So in a, in a way, the Lord uses the enemy. He uses him to really test the world, really. Um, uh, Satan tempts, but God tests people. In the book of Job, we have that greatest um, example of that. Um, you can read it in Job 1 where uh, Satan came on the day when the sons of men came before the Lord. And the Lord had said to Satan, have you considered, or where have you come from? And Satan answered and said to him, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Does, and then uh, Satan replies to God, does Job fear uh, God for nothing? You have put a hedge of protection around him and around his household. And then Satan tells God, take that hedge of protection around him and take his property from him and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord, you know, responds to him in Job 1 uh, verse 12. He says, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And you know the story. The Lord gave him permission to... Um, harm Job and it was you know God's ways are beyond our finding out but it ended up you know for Job's good all in all and one day he lost seven children his property was taken from him um, you know his body was afflicted and all of these things happened to Job and yet Job did not sin or charge God any wrong and he said that in verse 22 and at the end of the book of Job we see that God blessed him uh, twice as much as he was blessed before. And so we see that how the Lord uses uh, Satan and allows him to do things, but ultimately it's for God's purposes. We as believers, we just trust the Lord that he's working all these things out for good. Um, Satan tempts, like I said, but the Lord tests. In Proverbs 17, verse 3, it says, The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. God tests. God will test your faith and my faith to see whether or not we're in the right place. But he will never tempt us. He'll never, ever uh, tempt us. Jesus prayed in the Our Father prayer in Matthew 6, 13. He says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from from the evil one. 
And so that temptation is, is really the testings. Deliver us from the testings and deliver us from the evil one. Or lead us not into testings, but deliver us from the evil one. We see in the gospel when uh, the Lord told Peter that Satan was coming after him. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31, he said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, we, Paul says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. And so we see that, you know, the Lord allows Satan to, to test us, and, um, but the Lord is always faithful there to, to see us through. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Uh, the reality is that we have an adversary and a lot of Christians really have forgotten that point that as believers we have an adversary and when Peter says to be sober to be vigilant in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 and 9 he says because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world when Peter says that he says your adversary as in yours and mine each one of us the day we give our life to the Lord the enemy you know comes after us and his minions we have an adversary that's really real so we need to really take him take that serious and i think a lot of christians today are not taking that serious you know but it it's it's so serious that our lord himself was tempted for 40 days right and nights in the wilderness so uh satan is a, uh, is a created being he is not god's uh, equal at all He's, he's puny. He cannot be compared to God. But still, he is, you know, on a rampage in this fallen world. And, and, and he's the one that, that helped cause uh, Adam and Eve to, to, to fail in the garden. And he's working overtime to make people fall. So we need to understand that we have an adversary against us. And I, and I mean like every day. I, I, not like sometimes I think about it, you know, every now and then. But to really be cautious, cautious that we're in a spiritual battle against the enemy. I think a lot of people have taken their eyes off of that. And Peter tells us what to do. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be aware. Be um, watchful. Be diligent. Uh, knowing that the enemy is coming to try to make us fail. James says in, in chapter 4 of his book, verse 7, uh, therefore submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's a beautiful thing. Though the enemy comes after us, the Bible tells us that stronger is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So every day we wake up and, and you know we have a day ahead of us to, to live we have to hand that over to God. That's how you resist the devil. You got to give him your day. And here we read that David was, was moved by the devil, influenced by the devil. So I, I would take it that this day, David did not think, hey, you know, I better put on the armor of God. He, something happened to Israel and something happened to King David at this point. 
where Satan was able to influence them. So we don't want that to happen to us, so we need to be very mindful every single day that we're in a battle. And when we have uh, problems, it's when you know, we, we're not conscious of it. We, we don't think of it. But if we're spending time with the Lord in prayer in the mornings, He, he leads us to the areas we have to watch out for. He reminds us that we're in a spiritual battle. He reminds us that the day we're about to live isn't just for us to live flippantly and without thought or care. We have to be diligent. We have to understand that anything can happen that day. And being in ministry, as long as I have, I have, I have heard of, of, of traumatic things happening in one day, in one morning, in one afternoon, in one evening. And so we have to really be girded up. We really have to put on that armor of God. I mean, you know, think of your kids. I think of my kids. And it's like, if I'm not girded up in the spirit if i'm not spending time with the lord you know to you know the enemy can have a filled day with my family and yours he can have a filled day with you if you're single and don't have a you know whatever your situation is we have an adversary and he's not going to rest just because we take a day off and pretty soon he, he begins to influence and we don't want that so what's wrong with the census anyways? What's the big deal about counting people? In our Old Testament, we have the book of Numbers, right? Where basically the people of Israel were being numbered. The Lord had, had spoke to Moses to number the people. But that was so that they knew really, you know, how many people above 20 they had to uh, establish their army. It had not been established. But at this point in our story, everything's established. David has his soldiers. David has his army. The army is established and they are, they are in the Lord have been just destroying their enemies, the enemies of God. So God has been taking good care of them. So what's the problem with the census if they did it in the book of Numbers? Well, the problem is that in ancient uh, Near East, during this time, it was the other uh, countries, uh, the pagan countries, that you know would have a census as, they, as the pagan countries do today for tax purposes, to see how many people they can tax uh, uh, for logistical reasons. But the two main uh, reasons for them to do a census was uh, for a military draft, for military draft, and also uh, to to uh, place people in 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 slavery or or, ser or servitude. So for those two reasons, senses senses were done in that ancient world. And so here, the people of God, their king that God had put, you know, for them, is commentators believe that's the route he's doing. That this is not just like a, we need it, need it for logistical purpose. This is a pride thing. This is something that is um, a bit sinister. And so the Lord was already upset with Israel, and He allowed Satan to um, do his thing, and um, and so that was the issue of the senses. Um, but it was pride. The Lord had warned the Israelites in Deuteronomy 17 that their kings should not multiply for themselves horses and wives. Horses because lest they put their trust in troops and horses and chariots, their armies rather than in God. And so the warning was already there. And, and you know, David and the Israelites, something was going on there. 
We can only assume because the Bible doesn't tell us what's going on there. But knowing from, you know, our history, our experience with Scripture, you know, complacency is a big thing. Pride is the root of, basically, they say money is the root of all evil, and it's played out like crazy in the world. Money isn't the root of all evil. It's the root of all kinds of evil. That's the proper um, uh, reading of it. But what is, um, what is the root of all evil is pride. You see, we appreciate when the Lord tells King David, I took you from the sheepfold, and I took you all, from watching sheep all the way to being king. And it's beautiful when you, don't, don't you think that's beautiful to, to get that, you know, re refresher on the history? God says that, David, I took you from nothing and made you something. That forever speaks of the grace of God. It forever speaks of the mercy of God. How good is God? Well, look at what he did with King David. He was a little shepherd boy. He was nobody. Look what he did with you and I. When he saved us from the pit of hell. And for eternity, heaven's going to look at us in the same way people looked at that shepherd boy who went from nothing to something. I can't believe these folks are in heaven. They, God brought them from, from hell. And look at them now. So... Um, God saying that about David is a, was a beautiful thing, guys. And now David, at this moment, seems to be trusting in armies, seems to be trusting in resources, seems to be trusting in his own intellect, his own, you know, whatever. But that, that's pride, is it not? Pride comes in a lot of forms, and I really do want to spend some time here on that. Are we, are we will really depending on God still tonight? Are we still depending on him? David's issue, are we still depending on God? David's story is beautiful because we see his dependency on God the whole way through. How does, how does God take one from being, you know, a little sheep herder? shepherd boy to king how does that happen well read it it's in the bible he does it really slow really meticulous like one challenge next challenge next challenge takes out goliath you know kills a, a bear and a what else did he kill he killed a bear a bear and a lion then he kills goliath i mean he's on a run of we get to see a man who's dependent on god young men Young sisters that are back here, he took them from when he was young, and they were he was dependent on God early, but God took him from A to Z, and it was a very beautiful story of God's grace. And now, that dependency isn't really there at this moment, and Satan comes in. And so, there are various ways that pride comes in, but the main thing is that we stop depending on God. That's pride. What is it? When we stop depending on God every day. We think it's a marvelous thing that God saved us. And it is, right? That he birthed life into us, spiritual life and light into us. We came from darkness to light. That is an amazing moment in time. That happens when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Spiritual birth. Fantastic. But it just begins there. Like David went from sheepfold to king, we go from faith to faith, 
lesson to lesson, day in, day out of depending on God and watching him mold us and shape us to be more like Jesus, watching him, uh, you, you know, just bless our life and grow us by dependency on him. And because we're so broken when we come to Jesus, right, because it is a prerequisite to getting saved, you must be broken. You must come to the end of yourself. We're so dependent on him. Anything you say goes. I've, I've ruined my life. You've helped my life. You've saved my life. You tell me how to live life. I'm dependent on you every single day. And that's, that's dependency. And then we can get complacent. We don't, you know, wake up as, as we used to. We don't pray as we used to. We don't read the word like we used to. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services. We now have two services on Sunday, one at 8.30 a.m. and again at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.